Hey there, listeners. It's Quinn. I'm here today with a special quick episode on the coronavirus, and I'm going to tell you, with some help from our friends at the CDC and elsewhere, what you need to know, what you can do, and almost as importantly, what you can't. Uh, This also went out as a newsletter you can read or share on our website at importantnotimportant.com and on our website as a blog post. Uh, We will link to that in the show notes. Please, please share widely. Uh, Here we go. The coronavirus started late 2019 in China. It's thought to have an animal origin, probably bats, uh, maybe by way of a goddamn anteater. You know what? None of that really matters for you. As despite our highly qualified listeners, uh, you're probably not on one of the teams trying to find a treatment or a vaccine for it. If you are, good luck and thank you. For everyone else, your sole job is to operate with relative stoicism. Educate yourself, prepare for what's coming, and remain calm with perspective. Know that what happens now is inevitable. You can only choose how to respond to it. So this piece is not intended to serve as breaking news. In fact, it's the antithesis to that. We are trying to do what we do best, providing context and direction so you can take informed action and let go of the rest. We'll tell you how it works and the symptoms so you don't have to spend time imagining how it will feel or what you'll do. Though many will get ill and some folks will die, uh, as some already have, for the vast majority of us, and specifically as far as we can tell with this virus, humans nearly always suffer more in imagination than reality. So at the end of this, you will know what's coming and you will know everything you can do about it and everything you can't. Our job as regular humans, again, is to let go of the latter and focus on the former. More than anything, please, please, please seek like never before to get your information and your direction from reputable sources. That's what we did here. And on that note, many, many, many thanks to our friends at the CDC and elsewhere who helped compile and verify this piece. Um, This piece, of course, uh, does not represent an official statement or assessment from any of them. So, what is it? The virus causes a respiratory disease. The virus is named SARS-CoV-2, but the disease it causes is called COVID-19. Think of the naming mechanism like um, HIV and AIDS. So what is a virus? Viruses are actually microscopic parasites and usually much smaller than even bacteria. For example, the polio virus is 10,000 times smaller than a grain of salt. An important note, viruses lack the capacity to thrive and reproduce outside of a host body. In this case, that's you. Viruses will try their hardest to survive, which means coronaviruses like this one or the four that cause the common cold uh, probably evolved in humans to maximize their own spread. So they don't actually try to kill as many people as possible because people are their hosts and then they die too. So they try to make as many people sick as possible. And that's what separates this virus seemingly from, say, uh, the incredibly lethal H1N1 or bird flu. So how contagious is this one? Uh, Calculating transmissibility requires considering the probability of infection, uh, duration of infectiousness, and the number of direct contacts you've got. On average, uh, this baby seems to be more contagious than the flu. As far as we can tell, an infected person will probably transmit it to two additional people 
uh, versus 1.3 for the flu. But that will become more specific over time. What are the symptoms? So far, the majority show fever and a dry cough. The rest of the symptoms, in order of presenta- uh, presentation reporting, uh, fatigue, shortness of breath, sore throat, headache, muscle or bone pains, and then even further down the list, chills, uh, nausea and vomiting, possibly diarrhea. Important note, runny nose is on the list, but it's pretty darn far down it. It is not a leading indicator so far of COVID-19. Do antibiotics help? No. Antibiotics do not work on viruses. How is it transmitted? Uh, By the transmission of very, very, as indicated above, small droplets from infected individuals when they breathe or cough. And to a lesser extent, by you touching something that has the virus on it, and then touching your mouth or your nose or maybe even your eyes. What's the incubation time? As far as we can tell, 2 to 14 days. Can you be sick and not show any symptoms? Yes. There are a fair number of asymptomatic cases so far. Uh, we don't know how many, but it's definitely making diagnostic assessments, diagnosis assessments uh, more complicated. Is that good or bad? It's, it's good and bad. Uh, good because most people aren't devastatingly sick. And bad because it makes it harder to get people to get diagnosed if they're not actually feeling or looking sick. And so it's also more difficult to contain as those people will continue living their everyday lives, spreading it to their close contacts because they don't know they're sick. Is it deadly? Yes, but it's complicated. Why? Well, the current fatality rate is about 2%. Historically, relatively, this is pretty damn deadly. But we should note, this number is so far very complicated and skewed by a number of factors. How's that? Well, first, because over 82% of known cases so far are very mild. Uh, Across China, about 14% of cases are severe and 6% become critically ill. The median time from initial symptoms to death for those folks is currently about 14 days. So, The fatality rate in Hubei province, where it started, is between 2 to 4%. For the rest of China, it's just 0.7%. This lower rate uh, may partly be because China locked down that province so heavily, preventing a wider domestic spread. More on that in a second. So, because most of the cases are so mild, many people might think they have bad colds. And here's the kicker they won't get diagnosed. And because they're not getting diagnosed, the infected number possibly remains artificially low, inflating the fatalities per infected percentage. Maybe. For example, Iran and Italy are showing extremely high fatality rates, even higher than China. But in all three cases, it's expected that either the governments aren't reporting the full data for whatever reason, or they just haven't diagnosed everyone that has it. So again, those numbers may very well be inflated. Or they might be kind of close to everyone, in which case that complication goes out the window. But it goes even deeper, and and this part's important. The virus is affecting older people and those with previously or currently compromised immune systems far more heavily than younger and or healthier people, often leading to pneumonia, organ failure, and possibly death among that group driving up that segment and the overall fatality rate. 
China and Italy feature a full generation of older men that still smoke heavily. Uh, They are, in particular, suffering the greatest fatality rate. Correlation, of course, does not imply causation, especially at this stage. The point remains, don't smoke. Um, Finally, but not comprehensively, it's far easier, especially for countries without sound medical systems, to report deaths uh, than than the infected. One report uh, is pretty black and white, the other's not. Uh, Venturing out into villages and cities to diagnose every one of the possibly infected when most symptoms are mild is a Herculean task for any developed country, much less one that is less so. Counting the dead is much easier. So to be clear for perspective, this thing is deadly. If the overall rate remains between 2 and 4%, that exceeds the Spanish flu. If it by chance is closer to 0.7%, that's still about seven times the fatality rate of the seasonal flu. Great, fun. How do I prevent getting it? What do I do to protect my family? Global health organizations are in agreement and recommend measures similar to that for SARS and MERS and the flu. One, stay home. Two, avoid travel and public activities. Three, Wash your hands with soap and water, counting to 20. Number four, cough and sneeze into your elbow. Number five, really important, don't touch your eyes, your nose, or your mouth. Okay, what are those symptoms again? Fever and cough, and then fatigue, shortness of breath, sore throat, headache, muscle or bone pains, chills, nausea or vomiting, possibly diarrhea. Okay, I'm feeling some of those symptoms. Where do I go get diagnosed? If you feel sick, the CDC would very much like you to call your doctor before going in and possibly infecting others. Basically, stay home, please. Call and then quarantine yourself for the good of others unless otherwise directed. There is no unique coronavirus on-site or prescribed treatment or cure that the doctor can give you anyways, unless you are drastically ill and then they're just treating the symptoms. So should you be asked to come in, in that case, you will most likely be tested in real time on a respiratory sample, and you'll get results in a few hours to a few days. Now, many countries and more rural areas in other countries do not yet have access to this testing infrastructure. So that might be also contributing to the smaller infected rate. Fun story, in the United States, we haven't even rolled out CDC-sanctioned test kits everywhere here yet. Not even close to everywhere. Uh, They are to date very hard to come by, even in the biggest, fanciest hospitals. And when doctors do have them, they are complicated to use. But these will get further distributed and easier to use. And importantly, there's nothing that you can do to make either of those things happen faster. So you know what to do in this case. Nothing. What about the children? Great news here so far. Like SARS and MERS before, children are faring remarkably well with COVID-19 and often showing no symptoms at all. That is not to say they're immune or they won't get sick and they might not die, but by far, so far, they are the most resilient to this disease or they're somehow getting a more mild version. Is there a specific treatment? Again, no. Current management includes treatment of your symptoms. In most cases, because those symptoms are so mild, again, over 80% of the cases, these cases close in time. The CDC does recommend that sick individuals, barring necessary medical care, remain at home 
and wear a face mask for the benefit of others. Quarantine yourself to a single room and a single restroom, not to be shared with others. Aha, so you said I should get a bunch of face masks. No, I did not say that. Do not do that. Firstly, because healthcare workers need them the most, and the very last thing we need is our healthcare workers going down. Second, the virus might be able to squeeze through standard surgical masks. So if you're not sick, wearing one won't do much for you. And that's mostly because humans generally can't resist touching their face in some way anyways. But if you are sick, a surgical mask can help slow your ability to transmit the virus to others. What about fancy masks? N95 masks are useful. However, healthcare workers need them the most. And most people don't wear them correctly, defeating the purpose, and even medical professionals admit that wearing them correctly for more than 30 minutes or so is stifling. So people take them off. Also, again, medical professionals need them. Running out because regular folks like us are stockpiling those would be bad for everyone. Okay, what should I do to prepare? And what should I stock up on? At some point, it might feel, as we progress through this, like the walls are closing in. But you've listened to this. You are reasonable. And now you will know what's coming and you will be prepared for it. So besides reason and empathy, you should, remembering there's other people out there trying to do the same for their families, stock up on, one, any prescription medications you and your family are currently on. And you'll probably want to call your insurance ahead of time to see if that's even possible. Two, adult and child pain medications. Three, adult cold, cough, and flu medications. Four, children's cough medications. Five, Benadryl. Six, Imodium. Seven, Pepto. Eight, Dramamine. Nine, Pedialyte or another electrolyte replacement drink uh, in case someone gets diarrhea or throws up. 10, dry foods. Uh, 11, ready-to-eat meals. 12, soups you can freeze. 13, board games. 14, card games, books. Basically, you should be prepared to be quarantined whether you're sick or you're isolating yourself from people that are. Have a plan. Go over that plan. Share it with your family and friends. Do you run a company? Make a plan now for telework. Execute when necessary. Part of a company? Reach out to your superiors and find out what the plan is. Kickstart this operation if it isn't already. Do you have a family? Think about how you're going to handle your kids being home four weeks at a time. Be ready and then go about doing what you can do and letting go of what you can't. In the immediate, you should also consider, one, turning off alerts that send your cortisol levels through the roof day and night. It's not helpful. It's not going to change anything for you. Two, schedule a limited time each day, limited time each day, preferably not right when you've woken up and not before bed, to check the news, the live maps, to discuss what's going on, and then leave it alone, knowing you've done all you can do. Three, schedule time for exercise outdoors, for meditation, for reading, for sex, whatever. The point is, our collective and individual mental health is going to be a big part of us making it through this moment. So is there a vaccine? Is there one coming? No, there isn't one. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this place. We didn't exactly keep working on them after we learned so much from SARS, but that's a different story. 
But there are many good people worldwide working on one. Uh, to be clear, as of today, it's estimated it'll probably take, deep breath, another 12 to 18 months at best before a human trial were to begin. Science is hard. But it's 2020. We live in a fairly advanced technical society. We learned a lot from SARS and MERS, and this virus actually resembles those somewhat closely. They share about 80% of the same genetic code. So we do have a bit of a head start. Have some perspective, though. Most vaccines uh, require enormous amounts of investment, and they take two to five years to develop, at best. The process is, uh, from all accounts, half science and half alchemy. Look at the flu shot. But there's nothing you can do to make it come faster. So let that go and be in the moment. Okay, but is there anything I could do to, or is there anything coming sooner that can make this not get real bad? We want to be crystal clear here. There will not be a vaccine in time to prevent a pandemic in the US. That's just not going to happen. So we need to live for that. We need to prepare for it with perspective and arming ourselves with reputable, up-to-date information. Also, and it's 2020 again, uh, so the flip side is most of our pharmaceutical supply chain comes from China, and if we haven't noticed, they are a bit under the weather. So this is going to uh, be complicated. It's not going to go very smoothly. That should be your expectation. There's not much you can do about it. Good news is there's quite a bit of work going on in antivirals. Uh, with some uh, already entering clinical trials. But to be clear, those will not prevent you from getting the disease. And they're not ready yet anyways. So let go. Be in the moment. Operate from reality and do what you can. Fine, fine, fine. What's the government doing? Okay. To be sure, there are good people in the CDC and elsewhere. Affiliated labs, biotech companies, pharmaceutical companies, university labs, who are working around the world day and night to build this virus from scratch, to analyze it, to develop treatments and potential vaccines. But, and uh, I mean, if this isn't clear by now, we shouldn't rely on the federal government's current primary decision makers to direct efforts with any direction or strategy. Um, They are late. They don't believe in science. They've spent half a decade or more gutting the CDC from the inside out. Don't blame the CDC for any of these holdups. And there really isn't a person on earth less trustworthy or qualified to oversee this thing than Mike Pence, uh, who doesn't believe that condoms work. In time, we might even discover that they may very well have completely maligned or hindered the rollout of early testing across America. That's not great. But you can't do anything about any of that, can you? The best we can do, because it's this week, is go vote in your primary. Don't fucking touch anything while you're there. And then write it off. Write these people off. It's almost easier that way. Wishing it were different any earlier than January 2021 won't help you. Be in the moment. Do what you can. Control what you can, can and let go of everything else. Won't this go away with warm weather like the flu? I know, you're grasping at straws at this point. I get it. We don't have any idea yet. Um, It's making the rounds in Singapore pretty widely, and it's in the fucking 80s there on the daily. So we'll see. Don't rely on that because you can't control the weather, as my wife likes to tell me. Move on. Okay. 
What can I expect society-wise? If you've listened to this place, you understand that there's very little that we uh, as a general society can do at the moment to stop the spread of this virus. Except, of course, uh, versions of containment. But the mostly agreed upon bottom line at this point is we're not going to be able to contain it. So you should stop hoping that that's the next uh, phone alert you're going to get from the New York Times. You will probably get COVID-19. Take a deep breath. Should the virus spread in America the way it's spreading elsewhere, and there's little reason at this point to assume it won't, then you and I and all of us will face significant disruptions to our daily life, most of which we've never dealt with before. America has very clear laws that forbid most of what China did to quarantine and lock down millions upon millions of people, however late to the party they may have been. China is now going door to door in some provinces, testing everyone, but otherwise, and virtually everywhere else but China, we're talking about otherwise. This is a thing with diseases that at times cause no symptoms. They're impossible to contain. People live out their lives and keep spreading it. But our federal and our state and local governments can and will, and we're already starting to see this, pressure organizations, companies, schools, and the citizenry at large to cancel virtually any and all vehicles for the virus to spread. These things are happening, and they will continue to happen increasingly more soon, and they will absolutely shake our comfort levels, our patience levels, our mental health, and the definition of everyday life over the next weeks and months. We, as if you're a longtime listener, you know this, try to remain as objective and action-oriented as we can be. We are not uh, in, this, in the... In, in the in the service of fear-mongering here. But this is uh, something new for us um, as a society at this point. 9-11 didn't require us to stay away from each other, if anything, the opposite. Um, you should expect and be prepared for air travel internationally and domestically to become scarce. You should expect to be told to work from home uh, as offices are closed. You should expect schools and daycares to be closed for weeks, if not months. You should expect a further and considerable market crash. You should expect sporting events, professional and amateur, and concerts and conferences to be postponed, if not canceled entirely. This might seem farcical, but I mean, I would not be surprised to see a remainder of the NBA season and at least the beginning of the Major League Baseball seasons to be postponed or canceled. Same with the Premier League soccer or Euro 2020 or the Olympics. Postponed or canceled. It seems insane. It seems out of this world, but in an area where containment is all we can do, those are the things that we can do. So have no doubt this is all going to be incredibly stressful stuff. The best we can do as individuals is to take the measures we can for ourselves and our families to operate with empathy considering the bigger picture and our neighbors and our society as a whole to be in the moment. Do what you can with what you can. Let go of everything else. If you have health insurance, if you can take time off of work, consider yourself one of the lucky ones because that's not most of America. Control what you can control. Be a leader for yourself, for your children, and your communities. Here's the good news. The virus, uh, again, as of so far, is so mild for most 
that it's almost like we're going under a worldwide stress test for something much more deadly down the line. That's what SARS and MERS were supposed to be, but again, we didn't apply what we should have. But this isn't to say that most people won't die because many already have and even more will. But as far as we can tell, this situation could be much, much worse. All of these modern-day societal things will rebound. The market will come back in time. Games will be played. Schools will open again. I mean, thank God. And further and most importantly, because the interruptions to these things in our lives will be so unique and impactful and far-reaching, we can only become far better prepared for this sort of thing than we currently are. So I wish you well. Uh, And as always, thanks for listening and thanks for giving a shit. We'll talk soon. Good luck.